0: On today's episode, we've got Sarah Radley from Acuity Finance. We talk about starting up a new lender and the pitfalls related with that, what Acuity offers and much more. Now it's time to spend 30 minutes in finance.
1: So hi, David. Um, my name is Sarah Radley. Um, as you know, I'm from Acuity Finance. I'm the managing director and owner of the firm. Um, how did I get where I am here now today? Um, I've always been involved with finance in some form or another. Um, initially in the retail sector, uh, working for House of Fraser of all the places. Um, um, and then latterly, and then, sorry, went into working for a building society, um, selling mortgages and collecting arrears. Um, and I did that for a number of years. Um, and then that building society merged with a bank and life kind of changed. Um, so I, I took some time out after I had my first child and and then ended up in falling into the world of invoice finance. Um, I wanted a change in direction. I saw a job advert and it said, trainee account manager and I thought for RDM factors. And I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. Um, and I went for the job and I got the job and uh, the rest is history really. Um, so I've, I've been involved in invoice finance um, on and off for, gosh, over 20 years now. Um, and then I worked for an independent factor for a few years. And then I went to work for a bank doing audit and survey. Um, and then I really had enough of corporate life. Um, I don't know whether you've ever worked for any of the big corporates, David, but um, okay. yeah, it's um, I got a little bit fed up with just yeah yeah well mine was Bank of Scotland so um but I I got a little bit fed up with um how how we were treated um working for these large corporates and and I saw a real rely over reliance I would say on um people using finance um invoice finance specifically um rather than managing their their debts properly really um and managing cash flow so I left and set up my own business um and um i set up an outsourcing business um back in 2004 and i did that for a number of years uh, and that business grew um, we went into debt recovery um accounting all sorts um and then 2014 i realized how much i missed finance and lending and speaking to these amazing businesses out there, um, and I really wanted to help. So we launched uh, a single invoice finance business, um, and that's been going ever since, uh, which now does full book invoice finance as well as single, which we'll no doubt talk about later. And then latterly, in the last few years, um, we started to do secured lending, um, focusing primarily on on, on bridging um and that's really how we how I got to where I am today in, in running that business.
0: Yeah, that's a it's a long sort of journey. Um and I think that's it's the always the interesting bit that fascinates me. And firstly, obviously, thanks for coming on, Sarah. Um, I'll jump ahead there, but um it is it's something that sort of does fascinate me because obviously like you, I was at the bank, like we said, um, and it's that sort of leap from there to actually sort of deciding to do something on your own that I always think is, is a really, it's sort of, was there any uh, sort of particular trigger point that obviously set you off down that path or was it just like you said, you're just getting fed up with that sort of corporate life?
1: I, I think for me, I'd, um, because I re- I was home-based and I reported into Glasgow and, um, Every so often we had to go up to Glasgow for um, our team meeting. And um, I generally flew up from Birmingham. Um, I got delayed on the way up. The M42 was carnage as usual. Um, my flight was delayed. Um, I, I entered the meeting really quite flustered only to be berated with the rest of the team that we weren't doing enough. Um, and you know, when people are pushing you to do three, maybe four visits a week um, with little write-up time, you realize that actually you can't do your job properly. And um, I just found myself um, getting more and more frustrated throughout the day. And then my flight was delayed back and I was stuck on the M42 coming home. And I remember ringing my husband going, I'm done with this. he was like, "What? don't do it. You panic uh, and I said no I've, I've had enough I, I really can't do this anymore um, I want to work for myself I think I can make a difference um, so really that was the trigger and that was a Friday and on the Monday I resigned.
0: <laughs> Didn't hang around then which is I think that's the way It, it, it it's like me that it got to a point where you just sort of had enough Um and then uh, oddly enough a headhunter called me a few days later and I was done in two weeks notice so, um, and I think that's that is the it's it does get to that point doesn't it with, with places like that um, and when you obviously decided to sort of move into um, we'll, we'll jump ahead to the the sort of lending side of things um, set up the invoice discounting yeah. um, how did you find that was that something obviously you'd had the experience before but was that something that was easy to do or, or sort of was there a whole load of hoops because I would imagine just going up to um, some funders or some investors and saying, oh, can I borrow some or, or will you fund my book? Um, <laughs> isn't the easiest thing. So how did that happen?
1: Um, it was it was it was an it was an idea, it was a seed um, that 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 was that was there and growing. Um, business plan had already been written. Forecasts had been written, um, so then really it, it wasn't really about can can this work because it's a prove it's a proven model to, to a degree. Although to be fair, back then um, single invoice funding um, wasn't so common. Um, but it, but it was about we didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, it was a it was more about finding funding, which is fraught with difficulties, Um, but we were very lucky we had um, we were very well connected um, and I reached out to um, a number of contacts who said, OK, this fund are looking to do something very similar. This sounds like something that you might want to have a conversation about. Um, And that's how we started. And it really was as simple as that. Um, We were very lucky. Um, but that came with its pitfalls as well, because it's almost like um, you get a little bit blinded by the first funder that sh- shows you their wares, you know, and, and actually what, in hindsight, and, and I think it's really important to, to point this out, in hindsight, we probably would have gone a, down a different route. Um, we probably would have taken, because because we owned the business 100%. So. In hindsight, we probably would have taken on investment at that point um, in order to scale earlier than we have. Um, And I think that's really important about when you're looking to set up any kind of funding business is don't be blinded by the first offer that comes across the table, because invariably there are pitfalls to every um, funding opportunity um, that that you're going to look at um, and it's really about being honest taking your time and working out what the right fit is for the business that you want to work in and grow
0: yeah is that, when it comes to the pitfalls can you give us an example of a, a couple of those that sort of spring to mind
1: yes yeah yeah i mean so so for instance um there's so many um um, uh, different options out there in terms of how people are funded so um and the different types of funds that 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 do fund whether that's uh, private investors um family officers or um institutional money um i think when you're first starting off um it, it, it's about what does that shareholding look like you know uh, when we first started off in our bridging business for instance you know we had a small shareholding from our funder on the basis that um a certain profit share would be there um and then the goalposts get moved and then you realize you're you were probably a little bit naive at the beginning uh, so I think it's all about what are the expectations of that funder and what is their long-term and short-term goal um, and making sure that they're aligned um because if they're not it can cause problems down the line
0: yeah, because I can imagine a lot of them are out to, uh, well, from experience, we 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 get approached by quite a few, um, and they're therefore to be uh, like a hundred percent protected, um, and, but you take all of the risk and they take none of it. Um, that seems to be the gist of a, a few that we've come yes. across, um, and and it's sort of well, we're both in it to to do well together, um, and I think that's where. Yeah, I would be definitely careful if I was starting. And obviously now that sort of Acuity is up and going, are you able to give us a, a really sort of top-line overview of what Acuity does, what sort of deals you like, um, and sort of the sizes you can do?
1: Yeah, um, so on a top-line basis, um, uh, it is as simple as, and we do invoice finance and we do secured lending. Um, um, invoice finance um, is smaller end of the market. I'm supporting those new start businesses um, and those smaller lends, um, either being on a single debtor or multiple debtor or full book basis. Uh, we don't tend to go um, much above 100,000 limit at the moment on our facilities and invoice finance. Um, that's just because that's just where our niche is um, and, you know, so, you know, if you've got a um, um, a care business, for instance, we do a lot in that in that sector, a care business, um, they are uh, similar to recruitment, aren't they? You know, they, they need funding on a regular basis and they tend to grow quite quickly um, and then they stabilize. And those are the kind of businesses that we like, generally borrowing, you know, less than one hundred thousand um, in terms of bridging. Um, uh, we do anywhere from 100,000 to a million, generally. Um, what's that, what kind of business do we like? Um, pre- predominantly property investors who are looking to either refurb portfolios or add to their portfolios. Um, we do um, fund businesses for cash flow purposes if they have a asset to leverage. Um, we are seeing more of that but um, no doubt we'll talk about that shortly Um, and then supporting those small developers so the developers that are doing one or two units um, rather than large scale so those are the kind of deals that we like to 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 be doing at the moment
0: yeah and it's from obviously experience from talking to you guys and working with jamie who by the way, is probably listening and it's is brilliant. So uh, we'll, we'll sort of a little kudos to him. Um, but Don't
1: tell him that his head will swell.
0: <laughs> we'll delete this bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for um, uh, on that, is it? It's both first and second charges that you do. Um, and is there a sort of is there a preference, or are you sort of happy with with both?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, predominantly we're a first charge lender, but we we have we do second charge as well, both um, uh, primarily residential. But again, we'll look at commercial. Um, I, I, I just think the way that, uh, that our book has evolved and, and the deals that we get is, is predominantly first charge. We, we do have some clients that are second charge because at, at the end of the day, David, for us, it's about does this deal stack on its own merits? Um, and and you know I, I saw something yesterday that was talking about um, um, brokers like uh, lending businesses that will take a view and I think that's absolutely correct and I think th- the the way that we work is that we work closely to find a bespoke solution within our credit policy um, so I I would say you know where we do fit definitely that first charge element but but second charge yes if the story works. Um, um, and you know we we can see a clear exit then then absolutely we'll look at that,
0: yes yeah, so I saw that same article. I think it said ninety nine percent of brokers, and I was just wondering which brokers don't like lenders that take a view. Uh, <laughs> seems a, a little strange, but um that is, yeah. it's it's kind of, it's one of those, and I think obviously going um. Yeah, because it's something that's always interesting in terms of how actually sort of big you guys are um, and sort of the amount of deals that you get. Because, as you know, we're, we're in a similar rich boat to you um, and we get, you know, we've we heard yeah. ebb and flow, I guess, in terms of the, the book size. Um, is that very much the sort of case with you? And, and sort of are you able to are you happy to share what sort of size book you've got?
1: Yeah, so we're we're under just under 10 million at the moment um we are growing rapidly we've seen a huge scaling up of our business this year um it's um uh, for, for a number of reasons um um but but yeah that that's kind of where we are um we our plan is to double that next year as a minimum wow. so um uh, so long as um the economy doesn't break of that idea <laughs> but but yeah that that that's where we'd like to be next year
0: yeah so it's an interesting one and, and how big is the the actual team so like in terms of bdms um and sort of back office people how how many people have you got working at acuity
1: okay so there is nine of us in total um so we have um uh, two bdms at the moment but I'm actively recruiting for two more roles at the moment. Um, uh, we have a business development executive who is their support. Um, we then have uh, an operations manager, um, Sarah and risk manager, Ian. Um, and then we have uh, Claire, who is a relationship manager, who looks after invoice Finance clients. Um, and, and we have admin, two more admin staff so yeah we are we're a small team um but we work very very well and very very closely together and i think that's the secret of um how why we do do so well and how we can turn around the deals is because we are talking to i'm not aloof from my team i know pretty much um uh, most of the deals that are in our pipeline at any one point in time as well as live clients and I think we work collaboratively and I, and I think that makes the whole journey more enjoyable for both the client and the introducer
0: yeah I, I definitely from from my experience it does and when you said you were going to be growing or hopefully growing the book subject to economy wobbles um, what sort of uh, uh, changes are you making or or what's sort of going to be different to this year that's going to cause that growth or is it just sort of from the brokers you've acquired um and is most of your deals sort of broker introduced
1: yeah i mean you know we 99 percent of what we do is is broker driven as, as as yourself david you, you know how this industry works um i think a few things that have happened this year is that we've taken steps to, if you like, re-educate our brokers on what looks like a good deal for us. I think in the past that maybe have been a little bit lost. Um, we um, uh, have got new funding lines, which means we can be more competitive. Um, and in terms of how do we facilitate that growth, um, my guys are just stacked out busy at the moment um, and we don't have a presence south of Birmingham. You know. We are a Midlands-based business operationally, but the vast majority of our sales come from um, um, Nottingham and North. So there's a vast um, uh, expanse of uh, brokers that we're starting to deal with um, uh, in that that south of Birmingham area um, that we are not touching on a regular basis. So the growth will come from expansion of our sales team um which is um in hand at the moment and there should be some um uh, announcements made in q1 of next year about what that looks like um but also you know we became a patron of nacfb um we're about to announce our membership of the aabf um we're a lot more out there than we were before um we're raising our profile um in line with our scaling plans so it just comes from awareness um, about talking to your brokers, making them realize what a good deal looks like for you. Um, it is quite scary. And I suppose you you will have done this statement over the years, you know, when you analyze your pipeline and you analyze your your introductions and you, and you look at where those deals have come from and how many you've won in relation to how many inquiries you've had. If there's a massive gap uh, or that correlation doesn't work in terms of deal numbers and inquiries, um, then are are you getting the right message over? And at the beginning of this year, when I started to look at that information because that that came under my domain then because somebody left the business, I realized that there was a huge gap and clearly we weren't getting the right message over to the brokers. Um, So, you know, we will continue to do that. Innovation of new products, hopefully, beginning of next year again so yeah that's how we intend to scale the business and in, in the coming years
0: yeah because it, it's it, it's I, I always find it fascinating because we've got and i don't know if this is the same situation for you but i would say probably about sort of 60 percent of our deals come from about one percent of the brokers that we sort of work with um and communicate mm. with um and it's it's getting the other sort of 99% um, to sort of introduce a little bit more um, and to actually sort of push that because once we find that once people have used us once and, and you're probably, well, very, I know from experience again, very much the same that they kind of will see, okay, the, the system works. Um, and I think obviously from your point of view, is, is that sort of similar?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and and I think you know when you are a small business, how do you reach those brokers, you know, and those introducers? Um, I, and I think you know you can't. It's not it's not physically possible to expect um, two or three salespeople to to have that kind of reach, and so you have to find different ways of doing it. You know, and we do the, this through our marketing and we do it through profiling. We do it through through specific relationships. But, you know, we are the same. You know, the majority of our leads do come from um, a a small number of a small number of brokers. But, you know, doing things like joining an ACFB as a patron and the AABF and and things like that, and profiling that gives a smaller business the reach. you know and it's about relationships so once you do get that connection um so for instance i i've i've known a broker i won't name him um but i've known a broker for a number of years and we've we've always skirted around working together um and and recently he well he reached out earlier this year and said look can you help after seeing something online can you help me with this and i said yes of course we can and now we've written three deals with him, and we've got several more in the pipeline. And and so it just you just don't realise how important that re- getting that foot in the door is with those brokers. Like you say, if once you've done that first deal, and they realise what the whole experience is like and how you work, then you can then nurture that relationship. Um, but it like you say, the challenge is how do you reach all of those people? Um, when you don't have this national spread.
0: Yeah exactly and uh, that's kind of those challenges um, it leads us sort of nicely on to the sort of economic challenges that that we've got at the moment uh, where it's it's kind of uncertainty I think is the the name of the game. Um, How has that sort of impacted you guys and, Mm -hmm. and sort of what are you able to do or what are you sort of doing in order to combat the the sort of uncertainty and try and keep things as, as stable as possible or are you just going with the flow and then sort of changing things on the fly?
1: Um no, we're, we're well look we're, we're we're small and nimble enough to be adaptable to any situation um, and you know as you know there's a couple of big challenges out there and we all get our crystal ball out and work out what's going to happen with interest rates and inflation and 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 property prices in general um, I, I think it's just about being being open and honest with with borrowers and and our introducers for us our biggest challenge at the moment with two biggest challenges for us at the moment are pricing making sure that we are um, pricing um strongly um but also future-proof pricing as well because as you know um you might get a lead in now and it might not convert for three to four months Um, and so you're you know that that whole pricing thing becomes um a bit of a hot potato um, on bridging and, and things like that, I think our uh, our challenge there is exits. And that is predicated on what the wider market is doing. Um, if for us, we have a smaller loan, I think our average loan size is something like 300,000. Um, in that smaller end of the market, um, especially in that buy to let position, um, those exits um, are Predicated on serviceability, generally in the vitalit market, and we're seeing a lot of what we would see as our go-to exit providers hiking their serviceability criteria, putting exits in jeopardy, or maybe looking at extensions or a rebridge. So, how how are we dealing with that? Um, we are um, uh, keeping close to our clients. Uh, we're not waiting until the last minute. Um, uh, for repayment saying look what's happening now we're trying to work proactively with our clients and the introducers um, to find a solution Um, and also being transparent on pricing you know Um, we are funded um, by um, institutional money and also by investors and so they both have different appetites um, and different pricing structures um, and therefore you know trying to work out where it sits um, in terms of um, pricing um, can be challenging. So we are just trying to be as open and honest as we can. Um, We have increased our pricing in some cases um, and been very um, transparent about why, Um, but there are deals that we've done whereby we've managed to keep that low pricing in place. but we're linking it to um, a margin. Um, I've seen a lot in the industry at the moment um, where you know people are saying, oh we're we're not affected by this because we're funded by investors. Um, everybody's affected by it. Um, whether you're a funder, a business, man in the street, everybody's affected by what's going on in the wider economy. And funders, whether they're investors or banks, their appetites change. And so we have tried to find solutions on a bespoke basis. It's no one size fits all. We'll look at the deal, we'll look at the costing, we'll look at the exit, we'll look at the caliber of who we're dealing with, and then we will make a decision on how best to price that and then tell our borrowers up front, look, this is how it's going to be. Does this work for you? Yes or no? And if it doesn't, then it doesn't, and we have to walk away from the deal. But most of the time, by being so honest and transparent, it's it's very positive, and we haven't lost one yet. She says, "Touching wood, uh, we haven't lost one yet because of that."
0: Now that well, that's good to hear because yeah, we we um, it is it's a, a very tough time, and I've sort of seen across the board with many of the lenders that we talk to. Um, and and everything that a lot of them have moved on to that variable sort of rate, um, sort of a margin above base, uh, just to cover themselves based on, on that and any sort of upcoming risk uh, that might obviously, or any changes that might happen. Um, obviously, we're trying to keep everything the same. Um, have you noticed sort of any changes with your your partners that you work with? And obviously, when you were setting up, How did you go about sort of choosing those partners um, to work with you? So valuers, uh, solicitors, um, and have you got a selection or do you work with sort of one or two uh, very closely?
1: Um, Well, when we set up, um, we went for recommendation. We luckily we had uh, we knew other funders. And so it was about picking up the phone and having conversations about who who the right people were to work with. Um, As time has gone on, um, um, we have expanded that. Um, So we we typically work with, at the moment, um, four or five solicitors firms, um, and we use them for different types of deals. If some are more complicated, we would have a preference um, into what firm we would use. Um, And um, in terms of valuers, you know, we started off again doing small number of deals. We um, used a recommendation and and as we've grown, that's expanded. And the more we do in different parts of the country, um, the more we need more on panel effectively. Um, And so what we're doing is we're growing our service providers with us effectively. Um, uh, But I, I can't see us growing our solicitors panel much more. Um, I, I think it, it, it's 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 always a bone of contention, isn't it, slisters? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's the other. You know, our biggest challenge is it's not our our side. Our side, the firms we work with are fantastic. Um, the challenge is on getting the borrower to use a firm that understand the transaction. Um, I, I and I'm sure you've you've come across that on um on, yeah. on a regular occasion. It's you know, sometimes the delays in decision making and the delays in the whole process are are firmly um uh sit with the borrower's solicitors. Um so they they can they can make a deal fly through or they can make it excruciatingly painful.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I, I know all about that, unfortunately, and and I think that is the the sort of the biggest hurdle to jump over um and obviously time's running short so i don't want to keep you any longer and i really appreciate your time but before you go um how can people find you or, or where should they go in order to find out a bit more of what you're offering and obviously working with you sort of going forward
1: yeah so um you can find us on our website um www.acuityfinance.co.uk on LinkedIn or Twitter um, and yeah reach out to me or one of the guys and um, you know might not be able to help straight away but I always like talking to fellow professionals and, and you never know um, uh, when there might be a deal that suits them or suits us.
0: No perfect and I'll have all of the information in the description so with the link to the website um, and uh, depending on whether you let me, I'll put Jamie's details in there or whoever's. <laughs> we'll go from there, but uh, thanks so much for your time, Sarah. Yeah, really fine. appreciate it. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, I've got a million more questions, but we'll, we'll no have problem. to do that next time.
1: Okay, lovely. Thanks for the opportunity, David. Thanks, Sarah.